We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. New buttons, new sounds, but same old damn show personalities. Welcome to a midweek edition of the Playmakers. It is the 27th of July. Uh, Your name is Adrian Hernandez still. That is very correct. Excellent to hear that. Uh, I can also confirm that mine is still Lindsey Brown and that we will be here for the next two hours. 3 to 5 p.m. weekdays. That's our slot. And the most of dedicated of Playmakers fandom. Mm. is tuning in live right now on the Odyssey app because the Dodgers are taking on the Nets right now, which means mm-hmm. we're on Playmakers Plus right now. It's been a minute. I wish we could share, you know, the the place where our show lives on the Odyssey app, but it's getting a few upgrades, much like our studio in here. So there's a little, there's a few corners that have yet to be swept. Let's just say that. The seasons are changing around here. Well, huh? I've been afraid of changing. Name that song. I, I, you know what? No, I do know that song, but what came to my head is that next year, what I'm going to do is at the end of December. Now, I used to, I used to, on my own show, I used to do the heavies, which was like an award show, uh-huh. kind of going over the year. I'm going to have a category of your karaoke singing. Because I built my life around you. There'll be a mean girl section. Yep. There'll be Time a. makes you bolder. A mispronunciation section? For for both of us, correct? Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I mean, thank you for being nice. I mean, th- that's a collaborative <laughs> art that you and I share. Like, and with the best of intentions. So, like, we're, I, we honestly feel bad when we do butcher the names because, like, for, for me, like, I feel like it's a sign of respect that you try to get it, you know, right because that's what people, that's their name. It's probably the bare minimum that you can do. But, like, there's something about to, like, having it in your brain practiced and then when the spotlight's on you, it's like, how do you say this word again? How, how do I make sounds with my mouth? It's a whole different ballgame. You know, Shark Week's going on. And Ooh, yesterday ha, ha. was the Impractical Joker special. Oh, for Shark Sal! Week. And I saw him. What's his name, Sal? What? You go. Volcano. Nope. Volcano? Yes. Yeah, I said it right. What's you on said air? the other day one that you hadn't brought to the table at all. It was like Sal Valcuno or something like that. I'm like, that's not correct at all. That's like even more incorrect than your original incorrect. And but- even, even though it was pre-recorded yeah. for Shark Week, I could just see on my TV wax. I couldn't see on my phone. We'll get to that later. On my oh, phone, yeah, right. I could see his eyes and he just looked at me with just pure disappointment. Yeah. He's like, you'll never make it in this business. I'm like, I don't want to be a stand-up Why? comedian. 
Not yet. Well, because I mispronounced his name. Oh, okay. Disrespect. And I mean no disrespect, Sal. Yeah, I feel like that interview went really well, which is totally available podcast while well, that Odyssey app or, you know, wherever you find your podcast, which is mostly just Apple. Because I don't think we're on Spotify yet, right? Yeah, not so we yet. gotta wait for the powers that be to open up those floodgates instead of just you know building our own dam ourselves. Lou, our, our porters are gonna open up a, a day at a time. <laughs> we keep doing our thing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a classic episode we had yesterday. But children get older, and I'm getting older too. Waiting for all of these things to happen. That's true. Some say it's uh, it's chaos. Mm. But that's what some we live could in. say it. Some could say it. And we're going to say many things on uh, our program today. At least that's the intention, is to keep you entertained, keep you informed, keep you educated, and at least give you a little bit of a reprieve from the abyss that is your life. In just a minute, we'll get into how my tennis game looked today. But uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to Rachel Galligan, who wrote this unbelievable article about Kelsey Plum that was published earlier this week in JustWomenSports.com. Perfect timing for it, right? Yeah, honestly. And uh, it's one of our better interviews that I I think we've done. And I think it's because there's a lot of personal connection, uh, just obviously for me and and Rachel. She's a former collegiate athlete. Kay Plum's on a little bit different of a level right now, at least still in her playing career. But she opens up a lot about her mental health journey and just kind of the realization of what you're doing to your body kind of well after the fact, right? Because she was basically go, 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 go from her time at Washington all the way through her first couple of years when the Aces were still in San Antonio until, you know, a couple of weeks before we had her on, we had her on this show and then she tore her Achilles. And all of a sudden, you have a lot of time on your hands and time to reflect. And so I, I this article I feel like is going to be so impactful for a lot of people because it connected with me. Pretty much instantaneously. And, and it's cool to find her voice. And we're five minutes into the show and you bring up the aces. Just hold on really quick. What? Hold on. Oh, what could the round of applause be for? The real cup that matters belongs mm. to Las Vegas. Congratulations. We're Commis- champions. Commissioner Cup champions. We are the champions, my friends. You're on a roll today with the karaoke. I just have stopped caring. Well, that's not about good. like well, not in the the way that you think. Like I care. People think, well, I don't care enough to like put forth my forth. You're my effort. loose. I exactly. I always care enough to put forth effort. It's just, am I gonna let it go? Am I just gonna let it fly? Am I get just let gonna be go. in my natural? See, let it's it contagious. Go. This damn joy. Yeah. This damn this unapologetic selfiness without the camera. Should we call uh, Annie back, who joined us yesterday from the Chicago Sun? Maybe. We had a spirited conversation with her as well. Let's talk about I don't have the Vegas winning the championship. Oh, that was Trista Crick. Both of those interviews are also podcastable. Trista's like, I'm not picking your team. We're like, cool. Middle fingers to you then. Nobody's believing in us. And that's and fine. And yet, what do we do? We walk away with the cup. We come out and punch you straight in the face. And then we keep you there. We even we'll let you back in the game just to have enough of belief to keep things interesting. But ultimately, there is no chance. Ex- exactly. That's I know basically what happened. And I know we're gonna get super deep into it. I just needed one more time to give them some props. Because mm. some some other media properties throughout the city. Do they care? It was like a, a little tidbit. And I'm like, bro. Bro. There's nothing. There was hype. Did you know LeBron Bronny was here? When? Yesterday, for the past couple days for a high school basketball tournament, 
He was no, playing I, here. I don't follow high school basketball kids. Well, apparently ESPN follows high school basketball more than the WNBA because that's what was on ESPN last night. So, mm. you know, it, it, it didn't get the proper coverage I feel like it did, which is why we'll be talking about it in depth. Shout out to the Las Vegas Review Journal. I know on the front page today they mentioned it a lot, and, and we should because they're one of the best teams in the league. They're competing for a championship, and they should be treated as such. So salute to them. All right. It's all about prioritization, and uh, things get lost in the shuffle, but it just seems like certain cards tend to get put near the bottom of the deck more often. You know? I, I just learned how to play Uno recently. Within, really? Within five months. Interesting. I cheated in one of the games once. Are, is that kind of your game personality? You're willing to do whatever it takes to win? No, I'm just a man who who thoroughly enjoys chaos. And I realized I had the, uh, what's the card that you can drop in Uno where you make someone else pick pick a, any four, color? Plus four. It was a plus four. And then there was another one that basically has to reverse. switch. Not, it wasn't a reverse, but it's where you have to pick a color. Reverse, and reverse. I was paying attention and it was an extra card that I kept in my pocket. And everyone didn't know. And it was about a group of eight of us. And Questionable integrity over there. Listen, you got to do what you got to do to win. It's chaos. I mean, but do you, though? Winning's that important? Well, So I much of your identity care. is tied up in that particular win in an Uno game or just for you to be considered the winner and that everybody else knows that at this point in time, I have proven yet again that I am a winner. It's actually my lack of respect for card games as a genre. I see. That I was You're like, just like, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? This is dumb. Let me win as the newbie. Huh. Oh, and it's come still, on. It's still on my record book. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Shout out to Barry Bonds. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Shout out. So, you know, I had to do Apply that. Apply that logic to Tristan Thompson just to loop back to our conversation yesterday, which is podcastable. And yes, this is the third time we plugged it already. Tristan's out here. The Kardashians now, now are out here. Now we're fine with it? That's, that's, no. We're not fine with that. I would never... Um, are we also fine with telling people what to do with their own families? That's the other, the other thing, too. True. Back and forth, the Kardashians, we, we do the look back at it at the end of the show. <sighs> I mean, we it got is some kind Kardashian of in news. honor of them. Is it? There's news? There is some news. They're trying oh, to help great. society as a whole. Are they? And I'm not just talking Another about the global ride, warming. Another plane ride, huh? <laughs> My <laughs> God. You get your I swear, I we would talk about the fart like decibel index with them if we had the chance but well i mean if they're taking five minute plane rides on a private jet like the ozone that's Correct. not cool for the planet Correct. you can't do no, that agreed agreed that's why they say eat the rich because if that wasn't happening just think of all the things that we do in our everyday lives to try to you know not consume more than we need to or try to make the planet a little bit better like it's just so easy to do the bare minimum and yet so many choose to go above and beyond of the crappy version of that you know, I used to be that type of person, but now you're you're becoming reformed. Yeah, now someone, you only cheat in uh, cheat in Uno games. Exactly, and okay. because before I used to like, I used to go to McDonald's a lot to get a soda because they're a dollar. Oh, girl, and I used to take the straw and just throwing it. I threw it out the car, and I stopped doing that. It was a it was about oh a two year run in my early twenties. I stopped doing that. I now I know, have a baggie. But you'll never get it back. Like there's how many straws out there? No, I didn't throw the straw. The paper. Whatever. The paper. There's no, how that's a many big difference. Of the, you're in result. Yes. In action. No. Am I cursed underneath my steps in my apartment? A dead bird. Like there's a dead bird. What kind of underneath. bird? It's just like Fear a little pigeon. It's just a pigeon. And Sire saw it and was like, Let's see. oh. Dead bird sign. Understairs. I saw the signs. And it, oh, okay. Um, a dead bird is considered to be 
symbolic of discontentment, grief, failure, and hopelessness. The end of their lives could signify the end of something significant in yours. Alternatively, their death also stands for change and transformation. Hmm. With the Raiders putting on shoulder pads, maybe this is a good sign that change is coming for the Raiders. Maybe. Maybe. Sire was super bummed out, and we had to, this was the first time we kind of had to explain death to him. How did that go? We said, uh, what did what did his mother say? Sire, uh, Sire, he's going on a permanent nap nap. And then Sire got on the steps, and then he, like, fell asleep on the stairs. And he was like, I was, yeah. How old is he, two? He's about to turn. He's about to be four at the end about, of the month. Okay, so like almost two. End so of four. Yeah, it's about the age when you start kind of figuring things out. I, I think probably that's why Disney kills off the parents so early, just so we all can kind of get on the same page. But I think with the the boys I used to watch back home in Minnesota, it was Moana. And uh, Who does that, that we, movie? Her grandma. And oh, she becomes the stingray. Remember? She's like, if when I, when I die, I'm going to come back as one of these. Like, brilliant bit. And then of just like that symbolism of the of the present spirit where it's not always around, but it certainly is around. It's just it's a good way to look at it rather than just like Frozen's version where it's like, yeah, we killed him on a boat in the middle of the sea. I mean, Lion See King was probably the worst. Yeah, that was scarring. That was kind of messed <laughs> That was up. a good pun. <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Congratulations. On Thank that you. Um, I got to say, um, I've recently returned to the uh, tennis courts. I made my second visit to the Darling Tennis Center this week, 7 a.m. Let's just say our inside-out forehand is looking a little bit better. I'm one of those weird people that actually has a better backhand than a forehand. like, And it's not just because it's accurate, but just like power-wise. But I figured out that it's because I played goalie. Because my stick hand, the blocker side hand, the wrist. that's exactly... Um, that's the hand that, or in terms of the, the positioning when I was playing goalie, I used to be able to like flip the puck really easily. And so that's like a much more simplified movement. I think I got a little bit more over development. And then on like forehand sides, I mean, you, you see my limbs, you know how long these are. This is like a willow tree trying to hit the right spot every time. And there's just so much more room for activities that, that things can go wrong. But let me tell you about the inside out forehand. So we're, we're, we're making our way back downtown, walking fast, not looking back. This is fan- so. This is mm-hmm. this is great news. It's it's excellent news. If you ever compete, I am willing to show up to these games with Playmakers Plus Nation, and every <sighs> time you make contact, going cuckoo, cuckoo, because it's all about focus. Yeah, and that might throw the other person, you know, for a loop. That's true. You're welcome. I won't try. Thank you. I definitely will not be competing. Although I do get invites all the time. I'm just like guys. I don't think you understand the difference between Lynn's practice tennis and Lynn's match tennis. First of all, there's a personality difference. And second of all, the game doesn't always transfer. Because as we learned from Fernando earlier this week, you just got to get me pissed off being patient. And I'm going to put balls into the net. Because I just want to hit things as hard as I can, as best I can, every single shot. But don't you think that's kind of good, not only for you, like, I think to, it's better to, mentally, to go back to that? hygienic-wise. Because it's good to go through some of your emotions so that you don't feel exactly. these things. Because exactly. like, and even like in a team sense, like, could you imagine? So training camp, right? Mm-hmm. As they proceed, just one day, whether it's Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, one day they just show up to practice, pissed off, just gunslinging. Yep. It kind of teaches everybody that it can get like that. So yep. to, to me, I feel like you know what? That wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, it's kind of my personal duel with perfectionism in tennis. Because as I was mentioning earlier in the week, 
I've kind of gotten myself to a place with golf where I can I just want to go out and play. I can't keep score, so I don't actually like ever compete. But in tennis, I mean, that's four. You only have to keep track of four, maybe five points, and so you just ha- there. There's just so many more shots you want to take, and I just love the feeling of perfectly executing, and that's all I really care about, as long as the pacing is correct. <laughs> But that's what I mean. I'm like, I need to stop. I need to stop being like, it must be this way. It must be this way for me to fully invest because that's absolutely something that can be transferred into my life or worked out through tennis or through activity that could probably help me in my real life. And that's sports, right? And that's really what our the the overarching kind of theme of our conversation with Rachel Galligan is going to be here. We'll get into that on the other side of the break. Love and for the bet. And now, sports with a Z. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. What a great day to live in the city that is home of the Commissioner Cup winners. And a big part of that success for our aces is Kelsey Plum. And earlier this week, a real informative and eye-opening and fantastic piece was done on her journey on and off the court by Rachel Galligan women's basketball analyst at Just Women's Sports and Winsider. She's also a former player and coach and Hall of Famer, and we're glad to have her joining us to talk about the story that she did. And as always, all Insider Calls are brought to us by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or go to BetQL.com. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I read your piece on Monday. I was just so impressed with your conversation with Kelsey Plum on her mental health journey through uh, the different chapters of her career. But I like to make the joke that I have a degree in communications, and which is the, basically the same thing as journalism, but without the integrity. But I think ultimately, no matter where you come from, it's about creating like a safe conversational space. And otherwise, how else could you expect anyone to trust you with, uh, with a personal side of their story? Yeah, I'm going to be completely honest. First, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, You know, I don't have a traditional path into journalism. I I coached college basketball. I played professionally. I actually coached against Kelsey Plum um, the year that she broke the record. Actually, it was her junior year. Um, And and so, you know, I kind of made the transition from college basketball coaching to then owning my own business and, and working in the media. And it's been a little bit unconventional. Um, but it was really interesting how, how it went, went down. I mean, honestly, I, I had Kelsey Plum on. I have, I have a podcast with Winsider that we've had for about five or six years now. We had had her on the show a few years back, um, back when she was still kind of finding her footing. You know, we talked about it in the piece about how it took her a while to kind of find that confidence. Um, and it's interesting. She followed me on Twitter. And I was like, oh, that's cool. All right. You know, and, and I had been kind of really wanting to write a feature piece. And I was kind of originally thinking I wanted to do it on Becky Hammond and things she's really difficult to get, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kelsey Plum had followed me and I thought, man, I am really about her this year. You know, I've watched her from her collegiate career all the way into the pros. I had talked to her before. We had, we had had a good relationship and I, I kind of just pitched it to her directly. And she is the one that came up with, you know, she basically said, hey, I really, really respect you. Um, I really admire what you're doing. I have a lot of things I want to say. Um, are you willing to do this for me? Um, because I was going to take the approach of kind of like, okay, I want to know about you. I want to dive a little bit deeper. I want to tell your story because I, in my opinion, she's a top MVP candidate. Um, Hard to argue. But yeah, and I think that she has, you know, and, and we could go back and forth about what that, 
who is who is at the top of that list right now? I think it's a pretty pretty short list, but um, I've been really a bit, I've been a big advocate of her just the last couple of years, and just watching that confidence when I when I watched her on the floor, I was so impressed with just there was something different. Um, and so I was going to take that just kind of approach and just kind of see where it went. Well, she came she came to me and said, "Listen, I've got some things I want to say, and I really respect you, and and I'm willing to do this if you are." Um, and so it was kind of all Kelsey Plum. Um, I kind of offered to do it and put something out there and she kind of took it to that next level, which, um, to be honest, I, I mean, no one knew about these things. No one knew about this struggle. I remember the record chase. I remember everything from her time at Washington. I mean, obviously I've watched her every year in her time in the league. And so I'm learning all of these things about her as she's going, but it was her who came to me really willing to open up. And Rachel, you talk about, you know, everything that happened while she was at Washington and to be honest, it was pretty daunting to read through and hear Kelsey, you know, tell people honestly, like, while she was chasing the records, her being known as, oh, you're the girl trying to break those records and having to go to the hotel room during the WNBA draft. Um, and, of course, this piece, it's very thorough. So you went back, you talked to the head coach at Washington, and you talked to some of mm-hmm. the teammates. With hindsight and looking back, uh, did they say anything about noticing certain things? Because obviously they had a blind eye because, you know, they're trying to win a national championship and get to the Final Four. But now going to do this piece now years later, do they notice anything and go, oh, maybe that was a sign back then? No, no. When I I had talked to Mike Neighbors and then I had talked to Kelsey and we had had a very, very, very long interview, just conversation. And it, it, I would almost, I would fall short of saying interview. It was more so a really in-depth just conversation opening up to one another about what this was. Um, and she allowed me a lot of time to kind of really understand her because this was a really delicate piece. I realized, you know, I had to do this right. I had to make sure I said the right things and put it out there the right way. And then I went back to Mike Neighbors and he was like, oh my gosh, these are things that I didn't even know about, you know, because, and, and, and he did a really great job of explaining why, you know, at the time, the record chase, it took on a life of its own. We all remember that period of time. She was all over everything. Um, and, and, and it is easy, you know, human nature, just to see that excellence and what she was doing on the court. And it was so exciting and it was so groundbreaking and it was so amazing. And I think, you know, her team and, and her coaching staff was so focused on just kind of like, hey, let's just stick with the team. And, and their hearts were in the right place. We're, let's focus on the team. Let's do what we need to do. But Mike Neighbors, was, he did a phenomenal job of basically saying, like, Rachel, you know, I'm not trained to notice the signs, you know. And, and mm. even, even five years later, five, six years later, how far we have come, you know, from the collegiate coaching understanding of, okay, these are the things to look for. We've got support staffs. We've got, we've got people that these players and these young student athletes can go talk to. We've, we didn't have those things five or six years ago. You know, he, he, he's, he's a trained Division One high-level basketball coach. Um, and Kelsey, as she said in the, in the piece, in the, interview, in, in the interview, she said, you know, I really kept this to myself. I want to be very clear. Nobody knew that I was going through this. So it's no one's fault in terms of on the actual staff, but, but picking up those signs and, and, and maybe picking up, he, he's not certified to that. He doesn't know that. But I think you, you know, that, that, that brings in the question of like, okay, how far have we come from even just a few years ago to now mm. where you've got these support systems that we didn't have back then?
No, you're you're so right, Rachel. And and I was I'm a former collegiate athlete myself, and I know that you played and, and had a very decorated career at Eastern Illinois. But even during my time, I was really lucky to have have my coach, Coach Matthews, who happened to be a woman as well. And I think that also kind of offered a different lens where she could tell where you were trying to you were starting to kind of spin out before it got really bad. But when you have so much that you're in pursuit of, and like you said, they're trying to make sure that not all the pressure is going on Kelsey because this is a team game and everything else. It's just there's only so many hours in the day only so much capacity that people have to truly notice and to be honest the athletes noticing within themselves I think a lot of this is volunteered like you're saying Kelsey came to you with this story how many uh how many weeks and and conversations would you have to have with someone like you said five six years ago just for them to even get to the point where they would trust you with this story or even have gone through it themselves to kind of unpack everything because that's what we call doing the work yeah, and she was very, um, you can tell kind of the, the maturity and the growth that she has experienced in the last, since that time. The self-awareness, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, at this time, you know, we're talking about a, a college senior who, who can't, you know, her world is spinning. She's thrown on ESPN. She's got t- camera crews following her around. She's trying to break this record. But more so than anything, she's trying to help her team win games. Um, you know, I, I can think back to when I was a college senior and I mean, would I have had enough self-awareness to understand what is going on inside of me right now? And I think it's a phenomenal testament to just the work that not only, obviously she's a phenomenal athlete and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the work that she did with her recovery, but the work that she put into her self-awareness, um, her self-understanding and, and being able to look back on everything at this point at 27 and be like, wow, okay, that's what I was experiencing. Let me make sense of this and let me help others who may not be able to make sense of it right now. And it was almost kind of like a forced self-reflection period because as you mentioned this piece and, and uh, as you were going through kind of her, her career as she made that transi- transition from the collegiate game to the pros, like the only reason why she really hit this wall is because all of a sudden she blew out her Achilles and she had a lot of time right. on her hands. And and when you're caught in the sauce and you're lost and you don't even know kind of the, the cost that you're paying and, and the consequences that's going to have down the road, be that uh, the physical toll that you put on the body or just the constant, well, I'll deal with that later. Or I'm not going to focus on this aspect of my life or as we were just talking about um, that self-awareness. I, I just think that so many of us get caught up in the grind or the pursuit of whatever we're doing. And so that's why when that inevitable end comes or a really big interruption like an injury, we struggle so mightily with our self-identity. I mean, it took me years to adjust to the life after my hockey career ended because you just lose so much of validation and purpose and understanding of who you know yourself to be. Exactly. And, you know, she was, it was really interesting to talk about that Achilles injury because I remember it happening vividly and she had just started to really turn a corner. Like I was like, man, she's really starting to kind of, um, show those similar Kelsey Plum vibes that we had, you know, from a media and, and just, you know, fan perspective become so accustomed to seeing. And then that happened. And um, there wasn't a lot out there in terms of what that did to her at that time. I mean, this is the same time as COVID. So there's a lot going on. Everybody's dealing with a lot of different um, issues at this point and, and the WNBA bubble. And, you know, so a lot of that focus was on those types of things. And so really interesting to her, um, for her to talk about those things and that about that period of time it really struck me when she said you know she was riding in that um, in the car and her friend was with her and he was really visibly concerned and she had a sense of peace you know mm-hmm. like for the first time in in years she was forced to just slow down because you know it, it, anyone who follows women's basketball collegiately professionally understands at the highest levels the grueling schedule that these women have to under 
undergo. You know, it never stops. It goes directly from the collegiate season to like two weeks later, the, the, the training camp mm-hmm. um, to then the WNBA starts. And then you're right over there and overseas. I mean, it doesn't stop. So her life had been a complete whirlwind. Um, and so listening to her talk about that period of time and the sense of peace that she had and how she embraced that period of time. And Mike neighbors spoke about her ability to focus. And he was really adamant to me. He said, you know, I've never known anybody in my life who can focus on the present and at the task at hand better than anyone other than Kelsey Plum. So if you apply that, you know, um, understanding of her into that period of time, it kind of makes sense, right? Like yeah. she embraced that moment and what she was going through to really address what she needed to address because she didn't have a chance to before. And I think that was really, really, really powerful. And she shed so much light. Um, I mean, I, I told her, I said, you know, listening to you and talking to you and writing this piece made me a better person. I can't imagine what it's going to do, you know, being able to put this out in the world. And one of the things I really enjoyed is about three weeks ago, uh, there was this tweet that was going viral. that essentially uh, this guy was saying, you know, work ethic is so important and you have to grind, 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 grind every day. And Kelsey quote tweeted it and said, that mentality is the same reason why I tore my Achilles and I'm, I'm curious when it comes to the, the aces and obviously Kelsey being a number one pick and having all that pressure and attention, she's fortunate enough to also be in the same team as someone as Asia Wilson and Jackie Young, who are also number one picks. Uh, in your conversations with them, did they kind of help Kelsey and just each other in, in realizing that, oh, we, we've all been through these same type of expectations and the weight of those expectations? Um, you know, I didn't get into that much detail with Asia. Um, you know, she just kind of talked about the back end of it and what you're kind of seeing right now. I think when it comes to Kelsey Plum, you know, she had so much on her shoulders and so much stress and had no time to process anything that was happening in her life. Um, and that took a while, you know, and we saw that as a reflection on the court, we saw that or whatever. And we saw that through overseas. I think we saw that even with her, you know, her injury and how she handled that period of time. I think, you know, Asia talked about, obviously, I I wanted to be really cognizant of talking to the people who'd been around her during this period of time and talked about how early on she was concerned what other people had to say, you know, she was concerned about letting people down. um, But then clearly had seen her through this transition of time. And through that, it was kind of like, you have to find that balance. And Kelsey talked a lot about this, about saying, hey, you know, we, we feel like we got to go, 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 go. We got to, every second, every day, if, if, if we take a day off, it's a missed opportunity. She was very, um, very intentional about talking about, like, I will shut down. If it's an off day now, I don't touch a basketball. I don't think about basketball. I may do something from a recovery perspective with my body, you know, get in there and get some treatment and work on my, you know, ice bath or, you know, whatever that might be. But I'm not going to touch a basketball. I'm not going to work with a basketball. I'm going to be really intentional about balance in my life. And sometimes I think we as a society and professional athletes at times, we go, 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 go. People get burnt out. People get hurt. People don't have time to process what's going on around them. And more so than anything, not just, I mean, not really her teammates, but more so her. That's what she talked about is an off day is my off day. It's about me. It's about my life. It's about my relationships. It's about doing the things that I love outside of this game and remembering who I am outside of this game. 
Yeah, it's almost like you're validating your life outside of it because I feel like, especially with how hyper-professionalized youth sports and, and just the feeder system have become, that yeah. you know th- that pursuit becomes a, a, an escape wrapped. Your identity. Ra- your identity, but an escape wrapped, wrapped in an excuse. Like the rest of your life yeah. bows to this. Like I'm going to miss my – I didn't go to prom because I had hockey. Like that's that, – and, and those little yeah. decisions that you make. And ultimately for many of us, they're, they're totally worth it. But then, like you said, there's no space to process. There's no place to celebrate. And you get lost in that monotony of the pursuit. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted to pose this to you because you're, you're a former athlete, you're a coach. There's clearly something going on in the ranks of collegiate athletics. And, and I think what we've kind of already talked about in terms of that transition and, and developing that self beyond what, who you are as an athlete, how do you think we can better do a job and or better job in supporting those who are going through that and developing that self other than an athlete? Because I get shudders down my spine every time I read about one of these other student athletes that take their own life, because I know what that tunnel yeah. sounds like when it's closing in on you, when there's a ton of stress and you got class and a test and you're not playing well, like it's a scary spot to be. It is. It is. And I think we have to check ourselves. We have to check ourselves continuously from every aspect, from the grassroots level, um, from the parental level, from the collegiate level, um, from the professional level. You know, I mean, you know, it's, you know, think about it. When you're 15 years old, you're forced to pick your sport at this point. You know, it's, for, it's been like that for a few years. Like I grew up in a period of time where I, I played three sports in high school mm-hmm. and I, I would go long periods of time without touching a basketball. Now, a lot, some people might say that was a bad thing for me it was a healthy thing and I would do track and field and then I would have my downtime and I had balance. I think we as a society miss out on balance and we, we, we run these kids into the ground. I'm just coming off of July where I'm really involved in a lot of um, it, it's a big basketball month in terms of recruiting from a, um, you know, just, just tr- travel event perspective. And I'm looking at these girls and I think, man, they are on their <laughs> 14th day of playing two games a day, they're traveling all over the country, they're playing on not always the best floors, um, and is this really necessary? And I think, we you know, in terms of just that specific topic, the, the calendar is changing next year, it will not look the same, it's a little bit more stretched out, because again, exposure is necessary, you've got to be able to play in front of collegiate coaches, or, you know, whatever, next level coaches, and so that's important, but I'm very thankful that the, the calendar is changing, and so hopefully that provides a little more balance for some of these um, young girls coming up through the grassroots, um, you know, ranks, because I, I feel like, you know, 14, 15 days in July is just unnecessary for everybody involved. You know, it's not good for the college coaches. It's not good for the players. Um, but, you know, I just think we have to remember balance is important. You know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's okay to mix it up. It's okay to shut down. It's okay to take breaks. It's okay to decompress. And I'm a victim of that myself. I will go so hard in the mm-hmm. things I'm doing professionally. Sometimes I have to check myself. I'm even doing it today. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a break and just go turn off my phone and relax and enjoy the day because I've been so go, go, go. We have to, we have to have more people talking about it and we have to have more leaders talking about balance in my opinion and all across the board. No, 100%. I feel like we all feel like that, which is why I'm I'm so happy we're having this conversation. And you bring up balance. Uh, I can't help but ask you, Rachel, uh, last night, reports coming out that Liz Cambage might possibly be walking away from the game for good with all of her business ventures and, and kind of not wanting to play basketball anymore. Uh, what do you think of everything that's happened with the fallout with the Sparks? You know, it's 
it's it's hard because when you talk about Liz Cambage, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of things that have happened the last few years. Um, you know, it, it, it never seems like she ever found her place and her happiness in this league, and that makes me sad. Um, obviously, I think I have been a very, very, very big Liz Cambage proponent from a skill and a size and, every, and a capability perspective on the court. But it feels like, to me, you know, that on-court potential and the off-court balance and just happiness have never clicked, you know, in the way in which you, you would hope for someone that they would. So, I mean, for, for me personally, my opinion, I'm not very surprised by this. I felt like there's a lot that the L.A. Sparks have got to figure out. Um, and I, 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 I feel for Liz. I hope that she is able to, um, you know, find her happiness and, and continue to find that path in which it lights her life and brings her peace. Um, you know, the L.A. Sparks are, in my opinion, you know, it was a situation where Derek Fisher was at the end of his contract and it was a Hail Mary. We're going to go chips all in. Let's see if we can win. And it was going to be really difficult to make those pieces fit in the first place. You had a lot of different personalities. You had a lot of different um, chemistry issues that I, I personally, again, I, I cover the league so much I was very concerned about. Um, so I'm personally not very surprised by this. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that I don't know Liz personally. I have never um, had her open up to me and t- tell me her story. It's, there's a lot there, as we all know. Um, and I just hope that, you know, she can find that peace and maybe maybe um, find that happiness, find that path in which she is, she is that is for her, you know, and, and that's really all I can hope for. Yeah, one thing that I've learned that is uh, environment is truly everything, and that's why I think this Aces yeah. team is really special because you can just tell in their pregame dance routines that they're incredibly close, and and to see yeah. their ascension and and uh, on a more personal level, level Kelsey's, it makes a whole lot of sense why uh, each of them are reaching new heights uh, in these modern times. But thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, Rachel. I- I'm thrilled to add another friend to the former athlete, uh, current media, <laughs> badass section of my Rolodex, but <laughs> stories, uh, like this matter. And I-, I think people don't really fully realize it, but those who know what it feels like the night before fitness testing does. So, uh, be yeah. well, stay hydrated. And we hope to have you uh, again on the show soon. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Thank you for, for amplifying the story. Um, all the credit goes to Kelsey. She was the one that really was the ringleader of this. And, and anytime you guys want me on, just let me know. There it is. That's Our Win Insider family's growing. Shout out to Miles Elric. <laughs> uh, Rachel, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, there's Bye, guys. She, bye. Rachel Galligan, women's basketball analyst at Just Women Sports and Winsider. Be sure to follow her on Twitter, by the way, at RachGal. That's R-A-C-H-G-A-L-L. Glad to have her joining us and telling us this story. And as always, all Insider Calls are brought to us by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app or go to BetQL.com. Coming up next, Joel Osteen isn't the only one getting paid with amens. It's 1140. The- we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. What this? You don't, you've never heard this before? No. This is called Electrical Relaxation from A Tribe Called Quest. Oh! This is an iconic song uh, preserved in the library of Congress and Harvard or whatever it's called. Oh, I'm sure. It's A Tribe Called Quest. Um, Very, very brief encounters with me, but I certainly respect the impact and that's a vibe. That's a little bit of a vibe right there. That's what we try to create here inside the Playmakers, whether it's on air on 1140 The Bet, which we should be on here shortly. I believe the Dodgers game is already wrapped up. We or win. Playmakers Plus. Uh, they were dominating. They better have won. They were up like 7-1 to one or 6-1 yeah. to one on the Nats. They're going to take up our space. Might as well do something with it. I mean, they're in first place. Are we going to get Juan Soto, though? That's what I want to know. Soto to the Dodgers. Yeah, they won 7-1, 65 and 32. On the flip side, the Washington Nationals with a record of 34 victories and 66 losses. Good Lord. Congratulations. We're happy for you. And speaking of the good Lord, I mean, it's Make Space Wednesday where we typically go uh, in on some topics that maybe some people are – not necessarily afraid to get into, but are it's just it's easy for certain things to get pushed down the the queue, right? Of things that we need to talk about. But I came across this tweet and this story. I was like, how about this moral debate that we're about to have? Because uh, I think it was this past weekend that a Brooklyn clergyman named uh, Lamar M. Whitehead, as he was giving his Sunday sermon, was robbed of his jewelry that he was wearing, you know, while giving his sermon, worth more than $1 million. And, uh... Icy pastor. Icy pastor. And uh, me, or I should say myself and Martin Luther, would both like to know, why you so icy, man of God, man of the cloth, man of whatever... Listen. Kind of a conundrum if you think about it. You got to hustle. You got to hustle sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You got to ask, you know, please, please put in the money if you could. Any donations, all acceptable. You know what I'm saying? Some would say maybe it's a front for some other business activities. I feel like the good book, or at least what a lot of people title the Bible, is mostly about like shirking the earthly possessions, right? Because we're reserving ourselves in the kingdom of heaven, right? I, I'm kind of like, with why you. Why does this guy have a million dollars worth of jewelry on? Why is this? Why are we focusing on this when like Joel Osteen and TD Jakes and all these others well, do that. it in front of the world that, with those suits that they're wearing? Well, it's it's the same question just posed to particularly Mr. Whitehead, Bishop Whitehead, because I, I have plenty of questions for Joel Osteen, including. Um, why didn't you open up your church for people who lost their homes during the hurricane? Let's talk about, well, because we couldn't dirty the carpet. We couldn't do that. Amen. We couldn't do that. You know what? You know what about those darn establishments, too? Tax-free. Must be nice. Must be nice. Well, then we can get all this icy jewelry. 
Right? Super easy. Did I don't you, even think it's about the money for the taxes. It's just about the transparency where I can say, where is it going? And Show also, me where it's going. I want some of these positions. I need salaried. I need this to be out in the public. You're not going to Golden Knights us and try to keep everything secret. That can't be going on right now as a society. We need clarification. Yeah, this is that. giving heavy Reformation vibes right now. Heavy this is a, Reformation vibes. This is in your wheelhouse. I just, I can't imagine being there and experiencing what like, the Like, as hell it's happened. happening live. Like, what? Like, as he's literally giving the sermon, he says, um, quote, where is it? This is how the devil moves. Devil don't care. He sent them. He knew he owed money to somebody. Apparently, he's good friends. Uh, the the um, bishop with Mayor Eric Adams of New York as well. Apparently, well, they're of close. Of course, all the all the big wigs know each other. That's usually how that works. Yeah. I won't talk too crazy about the big wigs around this. NYPD city. will be right on it. I'm sure. I think that this guy learned a lesson and he won't do it again. And it's funny, uh, the gentleman. What's the lesson to not to not steal on a on a live sermon or to not wear the ice? To not wear the ice during church. You know what I'm saying? Keep that in your private life. Maybe some events. He also drives a Rolls Royce. Uh, Must. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. Who says that we can't enjoy the finer things in life? Whether we're using money of those trying to help out the church or whether he earned it by working at Kmart. Back in the day? Are people paying you to say the things that you're saying, or are you just being paid off to say the things that you're saying? Mm. Mm. Or is he, a, is he a small business owner? That, a small business that, owner? That deals with... With bootstraps um, and a dream? With deals with things that are on the other side of the world. Cause that never happens in New York. We got to keep our third eye open. That's true. And there's always two sides to a story. That's true. And at least everything was... He, see, because he knew... he. If if you're trying to steal some stuff with me and I don't owe you any money, like I'm at least putting up a fight. Yeah. This man, easy peasy. Here you go. I mean, go. I Amen. don't condone robbery, but I just gonna like. Let's steal their hearts again next clearly, hour. Clearly, what he was wearing, he was asking for it. So we're just gonna was apply he? some logic. You know, it seems to be going around. Uh, we back around for another trip around the clock. Whole hour on the way. Eleven for the bet. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.